today i have with me apoor mangalam founder at gods more popularly known as road gods a global brand known for its disruptive products which are inventively designed and technologically smart meant for outdoor travel professional and industrial users a graduate from knit sultanpur apoor worked for adobe post engineering as a lead engineer in fact i am really thankful to him for some of the really cool adobe pdf features that he has designed which i for one as a consultant use every day exporting pdf to other formats creating pdfs from scanned documents and simplifying one of the biggest problems editing in pdf so thanks a lot apoor for that apoor is also a core member of the national committee on ipr special committee formed by cii for ipr related policy recommendations from industry to the government of india feedback for from the users but we don't involve them in the market research or product the reason for this is that users themselves don't know what they want they only have a usage of using certain things else the smartphones we are using if somebody had surveyed the users the users who were using landline at that time they would have only come up with an option that maybe the landline can be digital or sound quality should be more clear or things like that mm. so many people would know about what's going to disrupt next yeah. then disrupt this disruption won't even be a word uh, this is really where the essence of a business is It's how yeah. you get the things done. Yeah. The brand, vision, product, everything—the superficial nature of it all looks hale and hearty. <laughs> everything is fit and fine. But how you essentially got things done is what uh, the most important thing is. So yes, the CIA, the, the committee, and even the government is very serious on 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 the IP and its enforcement. Apoor, absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Aditya. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to the great conversation we're supposed to have. And uh, regarding the Adobe PDF features, uh, it was not just me who designed that. There is a huge team which works on that. But yes, it was really cool working on uh, such awesome feature. Yeah, you did solve a nightmare there. Uh, but <laughs> maybe let's just start with uh, why the name Road Gods. So Road Gods. Uh, so Gods essentially means gear of daring spirit. It's not uh, Lord Almighty or God Al- Almighty. Uh, which many many people still assume, uh, but yes, means it. We try to connect with the daring spirit of the users, uh, and here daring by daring, I don't essentially mean to say that you have to go to Leh Ladakh on a bike trip or do some bungee jumping or do a skydive in order to be called daring. The typical daring definition is not what we want to rhyme with. Uh, every single person is doing something or the other. uh daring in their life whether it's in their corporate jobs where they're solving huge problems uh whether it's doing social work all kinds of even entrepreneurs they're solving all kinds of problems with their the companies they're building so it's 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 daring in all kinds of ways and that's where we uh resonate with that spirit of the user rather i wrote an entire brand anthem it's right there on the website uh where we essentially we are calling out all kinds of uh, daring spirit in these people yeah so and visionaries bring out the change means uh, that's eventually how the world moves forward and it ultimately starts from the vision itself and to realize that vision itself is a huge daring feat so yeah. that essentially is what the uh, brand core essence is road gods basically we started the brand as road gods uh, and uh, since i was a mo- i was a motorcycle rider at that time i was working with adobe i went on all these road trips where i used all these products all 
whether Indian brands or international brands. And that's where I realized that means many, I remember two, three events, it would be a long conversation, but it was very painful to work with all these products that I was using at that time. Yeah. But uh, so uh, me being, uh, I was uh, very inclined towards design, fine arts, art, sketching, painting since a very childhood. So anything and everything where I found certain faults, I used to redesign that. That was kind of my uh, hobby uh, or passion, you would say. So that's where the idea entirely uh, kicked in that I need to solve these problems that I'm facing. And two, three of those events, uh, we were really stuck long time because of those products. So won't like to go into the details. It would be a long conversation, but yes. Uh, so I essentially decided that this is something I would solve. Either I'll send a feedback to these brands about the products that we were using and because of which we got stuck, mm. or I'll solve it myself. Uh, mm. So that's where I realized that this is some, uh, this is something which I can do, and essentially that's what uh, popularly is called ikigai, which uh, ultimately set in. So ikigai yeah. is basically the sense of purpose means basically the principles which by which you can determine the sense of purpose of your life yeah uh, so it's it's still not the sense of purpose of my life i would say but still means it's maybe leading somewhere nobody knows the sense of purpose 30 40 years in advance yeah. yes uh, so uh, ikigai is basically what you love what people need what people can pay you money for what the world actually needs yeah. and what you are good at basically an intersection of all these uh, things and uh, so that's where i found that maybe uh, this is something i need to solve so that's where it uh, really started where uh, so i designed the first product uh, it was a motorcycle saddlebag hmm. and uh, i named the brand road gods so essentially there is a funda of yeah if you are getting the domain name or not <laughs> that's that's where it all started. So I tried a number of brands, thought of a number of terms, terminologies, and all of that. But I really wanted a dot com. So dot in didn't work for me. So this eventually clicked, and I found that. So it was quite a long process on how I uh, finalized the name of this. But this, but yes, once I did, then uh, it trickled down to entire brand philosophy and. The resonance with the users and all of that. So our first product was a motorcycle saddlebag. Hmm. Motorcycle saddlebag, if you know, are two huge bags hung on each side on the rear seat of the motorcycle used on long trips by users. Yeah. And uh, it's rather, I would say, uh, the the toughest outdoor product there can be. Hmm. Means uh, there can be uh, rucksacks are not even close to tougher. Because two bags hung on each side of the motorcycle uh, in scorching heat, wind, rain, all kinds of stuff with yeah. at least 65, 70, 80 liters of stuff inside that. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a huge thing to make. It's not just stitching up stuff and creating that. It requires engineering. Right. So, uh, so we designed uh, our first product and it was the largest saddlebag in the world. Uh, mm. So, and it was not just about making two bags, which are larger in size, and that's how you make the largest <laughs> saddlebag. There is a lot of engineering 
design that goes into that yeah and uh, how it will attach to the motorcycle and all kinds of motorcycles not just one there yeah. are different size shapes and all kinds of things a uh, lot of parameters there so we held a granted patent for that product we we did quite a lot of uh, innovations uh, i i need to say we went on to get a grant for that patent Hmm. Uh, and then we did quite a lot of innovations in which the saddlebag could be transformed into a backpack, a sling bag, and also a duffel bag. Hmm. A lot of such use cases which a rider would love. Hmm. So uh, we launched that in the market. Uh, it was quite successful, so much so that once we started, so site ka to kya hai? Matlab we started yeah. the website and it went up live. But who would notice a new brand online? Hmm. Mm. so but we we sent it out uh, to our we made some dealer distributor network in karol bag in delhi mm. karol bag is basically the hub of uh, motorcycle related things anything and everything related to motorcycle or automobiles uh, to be in general yeah uh, so that's where we uh, sold it to some of the dealers and it so and uh, so much so that royal enfield got to know about the product they are pretty much connected uh, to the motorcycle community and they acquired it uh, four months after its launch so mm. uh, the the selling rights of the product were sold to royal enfield so that was our first product right. then we uh, went ahead and worked with royal enfield for the next uh, 10 11 months mm. and uh, we developed a lot of new products for them a uh, lot of new motorcycles were coming up himalayan was coming up at that time mm. and uh, we developed a lot of new products for that also but somewhere down the line we realized that maybe we were losing focus uh, on what we started to build on our own brand and that's where i realized ki maybe it's time to be focused and start to focus back on the brand mm. so so the god's brand was launched in uh, Uh, 2017 with all of these products, we snipped the brand to gods because we thought it would be more scalable across categories because road gods seems like a motorcycle gear, really anything related to motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the brand was renamed as Gods, and then we uh, started with all of these products that you see in 2017. Hmm. So that's typically how the journey started. so that's that's very interesting uh, the one thing that i also find interesting there is uh, you moving from road gods to gods right and uh, the fact that like sam altman of y combinator says uh, design a product that a few people love uh, yeah. rather than a product that a lot of people like uh, so any motorcycle rider that you uh, talk to they would have definitely heard of uh, road gods even before this podcast i was speaking with uh, some of my really close friends and everyone seems to you know the motorcycle riders definitely seem to have heard of uh, heard of road gods so i think that speaks volumes about uh, the branding itself uh, but you know just wanted to speak with you also on the whole art of designing right designing as you mentioned clearly was a passion but not something that you had pursued full time so what prompted you to make that switch into designing products no sure let me turn off the fan man Yeah, feeling quite cold here. This would be snipped off, right? Yes, yes. We can do that.
Yeah. Sorry, I forgot your question. So I was saying, designing clearly was a passion, but yeah. not something which you had pursued full time. So what prompted you to make that switch into you know primarily being a designer of products? Sure. So, uh, so design, as I mentioned, uh, has was always a kind of passion. Anything related to means I I really like to build something. I would not even put a word to it. Hmm. Uh, I have done means uh, from art, painting, sketching to everything. My first art gallery was set up when I was age of twelve. Wow. So uh, so I've been very much into all of this. Means creating something. Yeah. Something means I would leave that open. Uh, because I've done all kinds of stuff uh, from art, painting, design to creating very automobiles uh, when I was in college, uh, mm. designing automobiles, robots, all kinds of stuff uh, to even designing entire fashion shows. And uh, all of these means uh, done a lot of stuff. So I won't would like to put a word to it, whether it was only uh, related to art or anything. Yeah. But yes, I really like to create uh, something which. Uh, which I think that people uh, would, there is a need for that. So mm. that's where the passion lies. And when I found this kind, these kind of problems uh, with the industry, mm. uh, so it was eventually given an avenue where um, it was a sort of an opportunity to, uh, for me to maybe chime in and see what can be done about that. So mm. it was both a challenge and also maybe a eventual goal. Uh, which I felt so that's where um, things have been. Got it. And also, you mentioned in passing when we'd spoken before this that companies that are designed first shouldn't rely on user feedback alone, or at least that shouldn't be the primary focus of uh, inspiration. So Steve Jobs once said that you know people don't know what they want until you show it to them. That's why I don't rely on marketing research. Our job is to read what's not written on the page. So can you elaborate on this thought and how that served you well at God's? Well, sure. Means I never asked any of my users what they want. Although uh, our users are involved in all different kind, different stages of the product cycle. Yeah. Uh, we seek feedback for from the users, but we don't involve them in the market research or product research. Uh, the reason for this is that users themselves know, don't know what they want. Yeah, they only have a use case of using certain things. Else, uh, the phone, the smartphones we we are using. If somebody had surveyed the users, users who were using landline at that time, yeah, they would have only come up with an option that maybe the landline can be digital or sound quality should be more clear or things like that. Yeah, Means nobody would have. Users won't even won't definitely suggest you to make something uh, like a smartphone. Right. So that's where uh, the entire philosophy lies, and that's how. I mean, else disruption would won't be even a word. Mm. So many people would know about what's going to disrupt next. Yeah. Then disrupt this disruption won't even be a word. So yeah. uh, nobody knows. It's only uh, people who realize that how a product is being used and uh, what's essentially the use case of the product. Means people would people want to connect to each other. Yeah, that's the use case. Yeah, how you connect them is all open. Yeah, you and and that's how Facebook was born. Yeah, so connecting people means we can connect them through telephone. People want to know about each other through through telephone at that time. 
Yeah. But then uh, there is a different mechanism to connect people and that's through Facebook and that is the, the blanks people can fill. But yeah. what essentially the user wants is what you need to realize. Yeah. But uh, so on our end also, we have never asked users, what do you want? We mm. only, at best, we only observe our users. We give them our product, whatever we made, we observe them. We don't ask for their feedback. Rather, I mean, if they have feedback, they would definitely give us. But we observe them, how they're using it, how they're using any other traditional products. Mm. And uh, we derive the value out of their usage itself. Rather, the the products, um, the product which went on to be hugely successful, the Ghost backpack, it yeah. was, uh, so we had uh, taken an office in Patel Nagar at that time in Delhi. Mm. So I used to travel by metro almost daily because it was very difficult to drive for uh, almost an hour yeah. from my home. So uh, on my metro commute, I, I realized, I saw people which were wearing um, the backpacks on their front, in, okay. on the chest, not, yeah. not on the back, on the chest. And I saw this, I thought maybe it's a space saving mechanism where they are sa space, saving the space for the uh, user, for the uh, commuter standing behind them. But then I realized that they did that because they wanted, uh, they wanted their stuff to be secure from yeah. the pickpocketers there on the metro. Yeah. In fact, so, it's equally common, an equally common site even in uh, the Mumbai locals, right? I think any place that's crowded, uh, yeah. The general Indian hack is to wear the bag the other way around. Yes. So, uh, so I was not aware of that. And that was the first time I saw <laughs> that. Yeah. So, uh, so that's where uh, I realized that maybe, uh, and if you had asked those users, uh, why, what's the problem you are facing? Let's say you <laughs> did, a, did a user survey with those users. What's the problem you are facing and what we can do to resolve them? Yeah. Resolve this problem of pickpocketing. The best solution, uh, suggestion the users would do, deploy extra policemen here. <laughs> there is a lot of theft here. Nobody yeah. would say that's a problem Problem with my backpack. Correct. Because the problem is uh, you own that stuff. The yeah. backpack itself is yours. But while you're wearing the backpack, you yourself don't have access to your own stuff. Yeah. While the rest of the world who's standing <laughs> right beside you, all of them have access to it. Yeah. And uh, stealing from a backpack itself is very is far more easier than stealing from a pocket. Yeah. A, your pocket is still very much in body contact with you. Right. If somebody would put your put their hand in, it's there are high chances that you would know about that. Yeah. But stealing from a backpack is like undetectable. Mm -hmm. Several right. layers of stuff and you won't even notice. Yeah. So uh, the backpacks itself have been like that since decades and that we have been seeing them. If you if somebody asks you to imagine a backpack, mm. It's the same backpack, means the two compartments, two zippers, side mein do pocket, front yeah. mein kuch bhi logo. That's the image that will come to your mind. Correct, correct. So uh, that's where the uh, uh, entire thing kicked in, where uh, I, I thought that maybe this is something which I need to solve. It's mm. a problem with the backpack, not mm. because of fewer policemen uh, standing there. So. So that's, that's my point basically is that uh, users won't know uh, that uh, what's the problem uh, with the products that they're using or what the next product should be. Hmm. Uh, and even if there is some visionary user among the users which you have surveyed, they would definitely be in a very 
skewed minority where you won't even notice those visionary users. Yeah. So the majority will always give you mediocre suggestion, Correct. which will only improve your product incrementally. Not, uh, yeah. Incrementally, and which will not make it disruptive. Yeah. No, but uh, I think one of the most important points, like like you said, is you know maybe user feedback is great when you have a product which needs to be incrementally improved. But anything yes. that's a disruption and very different from the ordinary, it's just difficult for, uh, you know, it, it's only a very few people can imagine it and then uh, even conceptualize something like that. For example, like you mentioned, landlines to smartphones was a big one. But then now Facebook is talking about metaverse, you know, using Oculus and VR to connect people, which yeah. is again, not something that a general user feedback uh, would would enable them to do. Uh, yeah. So that's that's actually quite interesting. Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk to you, Apoor, was on the challenges of manufacturing itself, right? So uh, we hear all of these stories about gods and about some of these really cool brands. Uh, but I'm sure there is like a lot of manufacturing challenges before getting to this point. So how did the initial sales happen? Who are the initial users? Uh, and given the bags are not a repeat purchase item. How did you keep acquiring new users and build the brand? So, uh, so there are basically two questions that I read here is uh, uh, the challenge about the manufacturing and how did we initially pick up? Correct. So, uh, challenge about manufacturing is huge, especially when we started. Abito, it's still uh, the pain is still lessened here, uh, but yeah. because people are willing to uh, open up their ears and listen to, to new brands coming in. But yeah. uh, around 2017, 2018, it was much worse. Yeah. So uh, at that time, means especially the industry that we are in, uh, people have been used to making the same backpacks, same uh, saddlebags, same everything, whatever we do, since decades. And if you and the situation situation is such that he, if you rip off the brand labels from five different brands, you won't be able to recognize which bag belongs mm -hmm. to which brand. Yeah, yeah, because there is no virtually no distinction except colors and graphics and all of that. Yeah. So and these manufacturers are used to uh, creating all of this stereotypical stuff. Yeah. Uh, and our products was uh, were uh, completely different, built different, looks different, all kinds of features are different, functionality different, plus quality also we had to uh, do full quality control um, to ensure the uh, the user experience. Uh, so that's where a lot of challenges came in where uh, ramping up manufacturing also was a huge uh, challenge that we faced mm. in 2017, 2018 for about for and we still face this. Uh, there were a lot of times uh, rather an entire uh, year, one and a half year or so where the, the product was available on Amazon on a 15 day shipping cycle. Mm. You purchase the product today, you'll get it in 15 days. I'm not sure how many products you have seen Unheard on of Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah. yeah. On, I'm not sure how many products you have seen on Amazon selling like that. But yes, because that was the amount of time we, we had to be, we were short on inventory considering yeah. the demand. Demand was at least 4x of the inventory that we were carrying. Inventory life for us was about 15 minutes or so. <laughs> it just came and went. So, uh, so that was the situation at that time because... Uh, Ramping up manufacturing itself was a big challenge. The, the larger manufacturers were not, uh, although some of them came onto the fold, but uh, uh, 
uh, it required them to train the map workmen from the very scratch about our product because it was not something they have done before. Plus, uh, the workmen themselves get changed every now and then. The new new workmen coming in, they do do some quality defects and all of that. So the rejections come in. The manufacturers got uncomfortable with the rejections, but there were at least two three manufacturers which got settled and they were earning great. Uh, from the products, so they got comfortable around in that comfort zone. They didn't want to scale up beyond that. So all of these challenges, which uh, uh, we had to face, means we had to send our own uh, training people to train these uh, workmen about how the products will be made, and uh, the workmen themselves got very demoralized because they, they were they were doing the same job for the past twenty thirty years. Yeah. If you ask them to do something new, yeah. And uh, so, for example, let's say the regular backpack they were creating, they were making at least uh, you know, five six units a day. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, our backpack, since it requires an extra, uh, uh, a different, uh, uh, what you call, uh, manufacturing style, and especially looking into the quality and all of that, they would do only about two units, three units a day. Mm. So uh, obviously the earning also suffers initially, yeah. but uh, once you get used to it, they they were also doing seven eight units a, a day. Mm. So uh, all of these things, simple factors, calculations, all of these things, especially the Indian mentality, they we we don't want to uh, do uh, new stuff. Means yeah. Although the mentality is changing, uh, yeah. no doubt about that. But yes, means there is still a lot of uh, traditional mentality where. Uh, change is not very much acceptable yeah. uh, in traditional manufacturing setups. So that's where we engaged smaller, mid-sized manufacturers, not large manufacturers. We once we did uh, an engagement with the large manufacturer, which was one of the largest manufacturers in India itself, mm. and uh, they made a mess out of it. Means we do a lot of corporate orders also. <laughs> so our clients include. Uh, Google, Microsoft, PayPal, Walmart, Toyota, all of, all of these big guys. So yeah. uh, they, uh, so Walmart had given us uh, an order for all of their. So Walmart had just acquired Flipkart at that time. Hmm. So they had they had given us given us an order for all their employees, and uh, this uh, largest one of the largest manufacturers in India made a mess out of it. They just made a product which had a defect. The, the product started ripping off. Uh, so uh, we we were there were a lot of problems with uh, because of that and all of that. So but uh, the best uh, synergy I thought uh, in our in our experience we got was from the mid-size manufacturers where they they were also not uh, too small to think beyond and not too large to really look into the nitty gritties. So yeah. uh, and those manufacturers still continue to be with us and uh, have been working with us uh, comfortably. Got it. And Apu, just a question here. So uh, you know, a lot of the times, especially people who are starting new in this industry, the D2C segment, they feel hmm. third-party manufacturer lagado manufacturing ho jayega sab sab chal jayega. Bas idea is important. Uh, yeah. But you know, even those initial stages where you have to convince. Uh, a manufacturer to manufacture bags which are designed so differently like how did that go how did you incentivize them you know what prompted them to start manufacturing your bags some of these 
mid sized players no these are really good questions aditya i would say first say i have been asked questions but uh, uh, this is really where the essence of a business is means how yeah. you get the things done yeah brand vision product everything the superficial nature of it all looks hale and hearty <laughs> everything is fit and fine but how you essentially got things done is what uh, the most important thing is so yes uh, getting the products as you mentioned ki manufacturing ko outsource kar diya and manufacturer will take care of that that happens where you are just changing the packaging of the yeah. product uh, yeah. basically you are creating a brand and all the entire brand essence and trying to resonate with the user but the essentially the product inside is still not something unique or innovative or something you designed from scratch which you have to uh, essentially ensure the quality of yeah so uh, that works there but since our products were built from scratch uh, so and totally different from how how a traditional product is made mm. there was there were steep challenges with the, with the manufacturers on the quality control as i mentioned uh, the rejections got higher uh, initially when you when a, when a new manufacturer starts the first few batches there will be a lot a lot of rejections we were okay with it although we had sent uh, so our entire qc team our qc doesn't happen on our own facility we do the qc on the manufacturer facility itself where the qc team itself will guide the manufacturer while the product is being made so that even if there are some defects those are resolved on the line yeah. on the assembly line so uh, that those are some those were some steps that we took because we were also um, walking a very thin line is we we cannot lo- afford to lose manufacturers like that uh, we also have to uh, get them comfortable to make the products because yeah. ultimately we are the ones who who were who will be the uh, losing ones on this thing yeah because they'll they'll get orders somewhere else or whatever especially yeah. when you are young uh, where uh, you don't have a brand standing and all of that so there were a lot of things ultimately it's all the human connection which works in india Hmm. Uh, not proactiveness that you have to uh, to to make the relationship work it's all it's all the it, this is a relationship it's not nothing no agreement supersedes that okay <laughs> interesting interesting uh, the other problem uh, okay. yeah yeah so uh, apart the other problem that uh, india is notorious for is counterfeits so i remember uh, bachpan mein you know buying those uh, original so i'm a big football fan so original liverpool jerseys ki jagah pe i used to buy the semi original ones which were termed semi original but it was <laughs> essentially fake uh, yeah. now can you give me a sense of the kind of problems that you face from these counterfeits especially when you come up with a radical design that users love so counterfeits have been uh, a huge uh, problem for us since the very beginning and i was um, ready for that means uh, rather all these entire innovation getting patents and all of that methodology or mindset came in when i was working with adobe systems mm. i held granted patents when i was uh, with adobe rather there is a huge culture in adobe systems where you 
you know you are forced to look upon the innovations that you have done in the previous release yeah. uh, that is going to go live so all this the entire exercise is set in so that's where the entire innovative mindset came in uh, yeah. and uh, whatever i created i wanted to create an ip for yeah. so uh, although you can do that but uh, i was very much clear that maybe uh, not maybe i was very much certain that this there is going to be a counterfeit problem yeah. in future but i didn't imagine it at this scale but uh, as the product scales uh, counterfeiters will also grow so it's so, so it's kind of a what you call uh, a stamp on, on the brand that your product is successful that, yes <laughs> uh, so that's the ultimate stamp on your brand that uh, if your brand or product gets counterfeited that's the ultimate stamp yeah um, that uh, you are really doing something yeah so uh, so th- um, so our first product counterfeit rather i was uh, expecting to become to be coming from india itself or maybe china at max <laughs> but our first counterfeit came from the us <laughs> wow so uh, it was very surprising rather i would say it was very elating i <laughs> was very happy that somebody in us is copying us yeah uh, so what they did was they copied the entire product they copied the product name they copied every single thing even the product was called the ghost backpack they okay. copied even the name of it and they put it on kickstarter hmm. so since the very beginning i was uh, very much uh, attentive about uh, counterfeiting and also we had launched a program called uh, the pirate bounty program <laughs> so you must have heard of uh, programs in google and facebook bug bounty yeah. programs where you find a bug and you get rewarded with some bounty Yeah. So we 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 launched on a similar lines. We launched a program called Pirate Bounty Programs, and we encouraged our users to find the pirated products, copied, counterfeited products, and report them to us uh, with with a link or the store where they found the product, and we'll reward them with a new product, new original genuine product. So right. that was the deal. So this uh, the user themselves. uh one of the users himself uh, notified us that this product is running on kickstarter and it has every single thing copied from yours and uh, we we reported it to kickstarter we had an indian patent at that time uh so we were highly uh, we were not confident if uh, kickstarter would actually take an action because it was a global deal yeah. so but thankfully kickstarter banned the products after product after 2 3 days uh of the campaign mm. and uh, that's where the entire idea of filing an international ip also came in although we were not functional or operational uh, outside india uh, yeah. so but still we uh, filed ips patents trademarks in us uh, and europe uh, also at that time although it was very expensive uh, it cost about close to about 3 4 4 5 lakhs uh, for a patent but we still did that that maybe sometime in future if there is a plan of moving out then at least we should have a stand there it yeah. not seem like a copied brand yeah. we enter the geography so yeah. that's where uh, the counterfeiting scene started and that's and soon it got blown up means there were a lot of counterfeits coming on amazon flipkart everywhere means we were squatting uh, like means 
it was it was virtually everywhere means every single week we reported at least 10 counterfeit products and i have lost count on how many counterfeit products we have taken down on amazon flipkart etc yeah. all the marketplaces even offline uh, so uh, getting those delisted on amazon initially also we had to face some challenge from the marketplaces themselves because they had never seen a, a product in our categories which is patented yeah so it's it was also a ramp up for them also to make <laughs> them understand that see this is a, this is called an ip and you need to take action yeah so first few uh, of the counterfeits we had to uh, push it through, through but thereafter it was easier yeah uh, so we got a lot of them banned we had to keep a very close eye on which is which one is coming which one is not so uh, and then it it started to blow up offline offline there i i remember one instance where one of uh, these counterfeiters sold sap labs for all their employees about close to 5000 something wow. products which were counterfeited of yeah. our own brand hmm. and i got to know because uh, one of my relatives worked with sap <laughs> and she said that i got your product see i got a product i i thought that maybe you know yaar i don't think i will be sold to the sap labs but still let me check with the team but she sent me a photo and it was all clear that it was not the genuine product yeah so that's the level of counterfeiting uh, that it went to and uh, rather even on amazon there were uh, two of the products which uh, cloudtail was selling mm. uh, and uh, these were also counterfeits copied of our copy of our uh, design yeah so we reported to amazon for those two also but uh, unlike all the others that were reported those were banned but they kept coming back on the same uh, listing yeah same sku same listing uh, so uh, and after a couple of times uh, they were have uh, amazon basically stopped banning them also hmm. so we took the matter to the legal recourse we hmm. filed two cases uh, in delhi and uh, the court granted us an injunction on the first day mm. uh, the commissioner got uh, there to lift the facilities is the stock and the case went on mm. uh, ultimately we won the battle uh, the legal battle but still t- takes a lot of toll correct it takes a lot of focus away yeah. uh, so now so ultimately we have a high court judgment uh, in our favor so uh, yes it it seems like we have a kind of uh, Uh, certificate on that that yes see this is something which is called a patent and it should <laughs> not infringe on this yeah and because in india it is very difficult to inculcate that mentality in people where uh, uh means uh, there is an there is something called an intellectual property is not something <laughs> of a uh, culture in india yeah uh, outside you would remember a very popular case between apple and, and samsung yeah so apple basically sued samsung and won 1 billion dollars in that yeah. lawsuit and what was the case against it was only basis the design of the apple <laughs> iphone rounded corner rectangle the single button in between in, on the bottom that's yeah. what samsung copied and paid a billion dollars for that so and that's how things ip is taken care of uh, outside in the outside geographies apple had another patent it was called the rubber band effect mm. you scroll down a menu mm. and you reach the end of it 
Correct. goes up and comes down like a rubber band. That's yeah. called the rubber band effect. Right. They have patented even that. <laughs> so, Correct. and they have sued a lot of uh, smartphone companies, UI companies, all of that, uh, left, right and center uh, on that rubber band effect itself. Yeah. So many, it's, it's very debatable whether all of these things are actually innovations, what Apple did or did not do. Uh, whether a rounded corner rectangle can be called an innovation with a single button, can, can it be called an innovation or not, there will there can be a lot of debate around it. But if there is a law there, it needs to be followed is yeah. what should be uh, done. And uh, here, although there is a law, but it's very difficult to make people understand uh, what intellectual property is. So it's yeah. very difficult to do that in India. Yeah. And a couple of things that stand out is you mentioned Apple, but, uh, you know, they are a trillion dollar company having very big legal departments for yeah. them to fight these cases is, uh, you know, might be an everyday very affair, easy. which, which is very easy, yeah. but, uh, you know, a brand like road gods, especially when it was starting out, uh, it, it's very difficult to fight these cases. And like you said, shift the focus away from the core. The second thing being, this is almost like killing the child in the cradle, right? Uh, yeah. You've just innovated, come up with a radical idea and suddenly uh, you don't have any recourse. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that there is a correlation between the time it takes to get a patent approved and the uh, you know kind of legal recourse available for patent infringement along with the rate of innovation in a country. So we always talk about US, Europe innovating. But I'm sure there is that correlation there. So how have you been working as a part of the National IPR Committee to solve this big uh, issue that innovators face in India? Yeah, so I have been a part of uh, the IPR Committee since 2018. So we won two CIA's IP awards and that's where we we got a place in the committee. Mm. So I'm a part since 2018 and I've been a very vocal member uh, of the community committee for all these uh, issues uh, means the law is there, but the uh, the basic uh, infrastructure in which it will be enforced is not is very hazy, I would say. Right. And uh, for some of the things, for example, uh, there is a huge debate on algorithm patents or uh, the computer architecture paint patents. These are these are not even a thing in India. You cannot mm. patent your algorithm. Mm. You cannot patent your code. You can copyright it, but it's not a patent. Anybody mm. can work around your code, change mm. few variables here and there, and uh, it would be a new code. Mm. So uh, all of these things get discussed along with a lot of uh, other uh, action items around the IP industry, but uh, IP uh, laws. But uh, I've, I've pushed it forward with how design related uh, and uh, mechanism related patents and especially where if you, if you, for example, you've devised a new mechanism, which is a part of the product mm. and makes it function differently. So there are, we can go at length about this discussion, but uh, overall as a gist, it's very difficult to uh, quote an innovation there. Mm. Although it will actually change the user's entire experience case completely. completely, but it still assembling two, three things and creating a new mechanism, which eventually doesn't get approved. Mm. Uh, you wait for, uh, for an approval for an year or so, it doesn't get approved or it mm. gets rejected or objective 
objected mm. you have to appeal again and all of that mm. so fast tracking has been done to quite extent quite some extent you can you can get your uh, fast track uh, patent grant mm. uh, and uh, also means the design patents and uh, the trademarks the 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 time limit the time period of approval has come down phenomenally mm. so we have given all of this uh, as a part of our recommendations to the government of india and uh, uh, as you know since it all takes its own course so we'll see how it all gets implemented one day and uh, but but yes means the cia the, the committee and even the government is very serious on uh, uh, on on the ip and its enforcement so laws are laws are pretty much there but uh, the enforcement or the awareness in the people uh, about what you can uh, actually copy and what you cannot mm. is not there so the entire effort is going around because uh, with all the fti all the big brands coming in and all of this um, foreign investment uh, coming in we have to also be sure of uh, uh, respecting the ip of uh, all these uh, brands and uh, all these international multinational companies coming in we cannot be like china which doesn't even respect ip Correct. so Uh, all of these efforts are being done, but uh, uh, it will take some time to actually realize something out of it. Yeah, no, I think really interesting. Again, you know, two points that I take away is one, uh, just in terms of rate of innovation, would be dependent on uh, how fast patents are approved, what is the legal recourse, and not just uh, you know in theory, but also in practice, how is it implemented. And the second yeah. thing is, like you said, the money coming in will only come in if they are confident of. uh the laws holding uh and patents being approved in fact uh, i always thought this is one of the most important things and it's funny how even at a uh, you know even at uh, uh isb where i did my mba from we just had one course in the eight semesters which talked about business law patents ip etc hmm. which i believe is one of the most important things uh but moving on uh, apur just wanted to pick your brain on some of uh some some of these quick questions right The first one is what is the one book or movie that you would recommend to every twenty to thirty year old who is listening to this podcast? So books, so uh, I do read, but uh, on the top of my head, one is that classic uh, "How to Get Rich," "How to Think and Grow Rich." Sorry, Napoleon Hill. Hmm. That's something which is on the top of my mind. Uh, other than that, there's a huge list uh, I can recommend, but uh, Uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, Twenty uh, Two Immutable Laws of Marketing, mm. uh, by Al Ries. Uh, I forgot the other author's name. Uh, uh, Robert Greene's books. All of these. Uh, yeah. Is of the entire catalog is huge, uh, hugely influential. Forty uh, Eight Laws of Power, uh, Laws of Human Nature. All of those uh, Robert Greene's books. So, yeah. Uh, essentially, yes, means. Uh, this there are two kinds of books one that increases enhances your soft skills one that enhances your entire persona yeah um, where you grow on a different orbit yeah one is which will only speed you up in the same orbit but uh, there are books which will uh, project you on the next orbit so yeah. uh, all those kinds of books are there 
these are the books which come to on the, on, on the top of my mind zero to one uh, all all of these uh, great books uh, so books will essentially inculcate all these qualities uh, all these uh, great uh, advices which these people have the authors typically yeah uh, how you implement that in your own life is what eventually matters uh, so yes means uh, ultimately means being an entrepreneur uh, advice as an entrepreneur uh, for budding entrepreneurs would only be uh, there will there are obviously a lot of uh, asks uh, from from an entrepreneur vision building a team team leader all of that judgment i would say is the most important uh, quality you should have as an entrepreneur yeah so whatever uh, sharpens your judgment is something which is very essential you take 10 15 decisions every single day yeah. which will ultimately take your business uh, to a next course yeah. maybe up or down so decision making judgment all of these things are very important and whatever enhances that so there are many ways to enhance judgment gather most and more data out of that and then take uh decisions and judgment uh but uh, it is one of the most important things i would say yeah uh, i think people say you know you uh, either learn from uh, books you learn from people or you learn from experiences i think as an entrepreneur you know experience and people is something that you would anyway have a lot of uh, during the growing up phase but but books is probably the third lever uh the second thing is um, you know just wanted to understand what does an ideal day in the life of apur mangalam look like see uh, there's no there, there are no planned days <laughs> uh, entrepreneurship itself is like riding a roller coaster it's the closest analogy there can be yeah uh, it's not riding and uh, riding like a cruise ship where you are <laughs> riding on calm waters every single day so that you can plan your day ahead on a roller coaster you won't know what the next turn is going to be so i i i don't even think if i ever planned planned my day i planned my schedule but mm-hmm. uh, it's not something like an ideal day yes there are some things which i do every single day meditation i started to do since the past uh, one one and a half years now mm-hmm. uh, i do i'm a very uh, what you call uh, outdoor freak mm-hmm. uh, i do running every day uh, mm. almost 98 to 99% of the days in the, in the year and uh, that's typically it everything else is a filler means <laughs> especially given uh, how the days of entrepreneurs are yeah uh, i can't actually say what's an ideal day uh, my ideal day ideal means uh, what i really look forward to be on a day is not a day which will have some calm and peace it will obviously be a day in which i'm highly excited on a new project yeah uh, going to get on on that uh, on the, on all of those project details and all of that uh, and just looking to go get started that's that that rush of adrenaline is what makes the day ideal i would say god uh the final question is apur what habits have you cultivated which ensures that you are improving by 1% every day 
and uh, consequently 37 times over the year so uh, since i started uh, as i mentioned that building on your soft skills uh, whether you know about marketing learn about sales how do you do a sales pitch mm. all of these things which you can learn mm. there will be a lot of things which uh, which you can grow by in terms of your own personality how much you know yourself mm. uh, ikigai is one of them you uh, meditation and uh, uh, introspection all of those things will take you to a different level mm. so i'm i've still just started it i would just say it is only been in a year or so where uh, you know i've started these new experiences mm. uh, i shouldn't say thanks to covid but yes thanks to being home yeah. i started all of this and uh, i i really feel there is a, a huge difference that it brings uh, you know, to your life and the quality of it other than that uh, yes learning continues to happen means the practical learning uh, on the field learning on the go learning there is no substitute of that no books no mentorship no nothing yeah. can can uh, substitute that so you will definitely learn a lot of things on the go you you talk to people uh, a, a lot of people will rather i would say i have learned from all of the people that i have interacted with whether they, it has been a positive experience or a negative experience yeah. because even with the negative experience you know something Correct. to take care of in your next interaction so yeah. uh, so you always learn in those experiences so uh, 37 times or not uh, there are a lot of things i am i am improving in every day by maybe even 5% 6% every day Yeah. There, there may be a lot of things which get left left behind, uh, which are important but still get left behind. Uh, yeah. So not everything can be taken care of. Uh, but yes, it depends on all your your life is basically the set of priorities that you have. Yeah. So uh, from for myself, I'm currently only uh, focusing towards uh, improving the entire the changing the entire mindset. uh that uh, one has or i have to start with uh, and start to thinks uh, to think of things or seeing things from a different perspective so the yeah. change of perspective is what i am working towards right now yeah uh, it may seem vague it may not be making sense but yes is that that perspective shift is something uh, i'm looking at right now no i think that makes complete sense especially given you are a designer i think what's most important is to think from those different angles or perspectives um so apurva i mean it's been a roller coaster ride for uh, road gods now gods till now and uh, long may that continue uh, thanks a lot for being on the podcast uh, and uh, and all the best thank you thank you so, so much aditya it has been a pleasure talking to you uh really nice questions i means there are there are times where you feel good answering questions <laughs> and this is one of them uh i have been asked questions left right and center all of that but uh, these were the real, the real questions which people should know means if you want to start a company you want to be an entrepreneur you have to think of you should know the challenges in advance yeah uh, rather than thinking of a flurry road ahead so yeah. yes this is these are uh, this was a really lovely interaction thank you for this <laughs> thanks a lot abul thanks a lot thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 37x podcast i hope you've taken away as much as i have 
from this insightful conversation. If you like the episode, please do share this with your friends who you believe will enjoy listening to this and let our guests know about it on social media. Most importantly, do subscribe to the podcast on the podcasting platform of your choice and leave us a review on Apple iTunes. This will help like-minded people discover this podcast. It really does help. We'll be back again next week with yet another founder or CXO who's redefining the consumer goods and retailing space. Till then, keep chasing that high performance life. One that's 37x better. Cheers.